The next round of Best of Texas is here. More news from the practice front in Round Rock and a conversation with Lena Skinner on today's TX Water Polo Show. Here we go. It's the TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James Smith in Austin. Joe Linehan is in North Texas. And um, we're back at practice more. Plus, we have some, uh, some other things to talk about as we revamp our Best of Texas thing today. Hey, James. Yeah. So how'd practice go? Practice. So first I week. say, huh? The first week. First week went was I would call great. Um, and I, I will explain because it's largely because we're just back in the pool. So um, so it was a very unique situation in which uh, we obviously had to maintain our the, the rules to keep two meters apart at all times. And the kids were quite good at that. So I'm very pleased about that. Um, but it has been interesting, and I was just working on a practice plan earlier today about what are we going to do um, because there's no contact, none. So all, all of these things that we want to do for skills work and defensive-wise are just, you know, we're not going to be able to do that. What we did was the feature of last week's practice was that we uh, scrimmaged, but the rules were, again, you couldn't get within two meters. If you touched anybody, you were expelled. You got You went home get dressed and leave. If you went, went within two meters, then you're excluded. Um, and then we went five possessions per team. We went front court only and then assigned points according to where the shot was taken from. That was a mistake because it ended up being just as you would expect. The boys just kept hosing it from seven meters and missing. So it, 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 it detracted from the game a little bit and there was virtually zero motion. So we're going to, we're going to tweak these rules again, but it was really fun to be back in the pool, get people passing the ball and shooting and our goalkeeper was there and everything. It was, it was very good. So do you, do you know what you should try is I, I used to play this game called ultimate water polo. So basically this is back in the day whenever we didn't have any goals and stuff like this. So, um, I just put a cone out, gives it about 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 two or three meters away from the wall on each side, and the team to score a goal kind of has to catch the ball in that space. Right. So then, but but you have to pass the ball down. If the ball um, hits the water at all, then it's automatically turned over. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Just a thought. That just that just popped in my head. Hey, I'm doing nothing but looking for ideas because this for now, is a challenge. How has it been from parents? Have they been happy? Any issues? The the way that I judge that is by how many of them contact me about stuff, and basically that's been zero. I've Good. met a couple after practice. They have exp- we stood two meters apart, and uh, we're talking again. We're talking an outdoor pool, so uh, you know some of that stuff is uh, maybe less necessary than you would inside. But um, yeah, so far the parents have been excellent. Yeah, well, good, good, good. I'm glad. I'm just, I am sure they're just happy to get their kids out of the house. No kidding. <laughs> My assistant Kendall mentioned that just earlier today. So I was like, we we we've been working them pretty hard. I mean, this whole break has been, as I've said before on here, has been really good because you're learning. I'm learning from Coker and from Flax and from everybody online. Um, so instilling a whole bunch of new stuff that we're gonna do, including we we normally did dry land in a stretching kind of way, but no, I'm, I'm pounding them right now because they need to get back in shape and they're, they like it. They like it. They're just, I think even the kids are happy to get tired and get out of the house. Yeah. They're yeah, like, like the parents want to get them out of the house and the kids want to get, yeah, I want to get away from mom and dad. So I did have one tantrum at one point because I especially have this one younger kid, great kid, 
but he just wouldn't stop hovering around his sister and somebody else. And so I, I can't remember if I've said this, but I have siblings on the team and they're, you know, obviously they've been sheltered together for eight, nine weeks. So they think, why is it that I have to keep separation in the pool? And then other people start to follow suit. And so I, I had to stop and say, look, I am not the biggest taskmaster in the world, but there's one rule. That's it. Do not get within two meters. I mean, if somebody from the city walks in and sees us doing this, I don't care if you're related or not, like they can kick us out. So yeah, they, they, uh, they heard me. Let's put it that way. No, we're good. We're good. Well, I mean, I'm glad it's going well. I, I did hear from another city down in Corpus Christi. Unfortunately, the Texas state games has been canceled. So we were going to have water polo in, in like the first time water polo has been in the Texas game. Yeah. State games for like 20, 30 years. We're going to have it this this upcoming summer. It's just going to have to be delayed until 2021 down in Corpus. But uh, that was the news that I got last week. So, Well, just talk a little bit about, about those games again, because like you said, this was a uh, an addition to their programming that just took place in the last year. But I'm not sure everybody actually even knows what the games of Texas are. So the, like, the Texas State Games or the Games of Texas is a TAF type of event. And TAF, TAF has been around since um, probably the 1930s. And they have swimming and they have track and field. Those are their big events. But then they had like they sponsor a yearly games of Texas that involves a ton of other sports. So athletes can go down there and play and play water polo, but also walk over to, to watch softball, kind of walk down the street to go watch the swimming, kind of go watch. And they have a pass to get in. So it's kind of like a little kind of a mini Texas Olympics. So. All, all age groups? Um, the age groups are going to vary based yeah. off of each sport. Um, so like, you know, in swimming, like they have anything from eight and no, like that, like the eight and under all the way up to a uh, master's in water okay. pole for this year. And probably for next year, we're just going to keep it at 14 under and 12 and under. Cause that's yeah. all the pool time we're going to have. Um, so this is, this is going to be the first time it's going to be in Corpus. We were working with some local Corpus groups to actually start water polo as well. Um, we'll have to just kind of restart that once everybody gets restarted. But um, I think that's going to be a fun little event. It's going to be a Friday. It's going to be a Saturday, Sunday event. It's going to be that first weekend of August, that last weekend of July. So it might overlap a little bit with JOs. But um, <clears throat> I believe it's going to be a great little event. There's going to be fireworks out on the beach. So, it's, again, it's not going to happen this, uh, like, you know, this summer, but it's going to happen in the summer of 2021. Yeah, that's going to be a cool opportunity. And speaking of opening, I, I know you and I both probably know, I'm not going to say who it is just because I haven't asked them whether we should say anything about it, but there's two clubs I know of in the state that are probably going to start on July 1. So that's, you know, for us, this is really good news. It's like, because people are just desperate for looking for options for getting back in the pool. Yeah. And I've heard of some other clubs kind of, kind of opening yeah. in June and everybody's just in a, uh, is in a you know, wait and see mode right now. Just yeah. They hear one day, oh, it's going to open, and then they hear the next day, oh, we're not going to start oh, until, that's terrible. Uh, for next month. So it goes back and forth. So I'm hoping that we have some more clubs starting here next week, but we will see. You have to tell me who those are off the air. We'll talk about that another time. Yeah, that's annoying. That whole thing about, like, well, I think we're going to do it, but we're not. Anyway, I feel bad about all that. But Just, um, it's just be paid. Everybody's going to be back in the water eventually. Eventually. Just uh, just keep the kids involved uh, with your club somehow um, with Chalk Talks and uh, and Drylands and eventually, you know, just have your plan and then just get them back in the pool and have them have fun. So, yeah. Yep. 
Um, cool. What else have you been doing to keep yourself occupied? I, I, I did watch the whole yeah. Tiger Phil, uh, like you know Tom Brady and and Peyton Manning golf match this past weekend. That, that was, was yeah very entertaining. That was and, very entertaining. And it was live, right? I mean, it was a uh, it was it's maybe the is that like the first sort of major event that's been played since the lockdown? I think they had another golf thing last week, okay. but with some like some lesser names. Like you have Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson; yeah. those are the two biggest names in golf. And then you add Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. That was extremely fun to watch. It was in a downpour, so they're getting soaked. You had Charles oh, Barkley uh, kind of commenting. You had a young professional golfer on the course kind of walking around. It was great. I thought it was extremely – it was five hours, and I sat there just watched it. I did some work here and there too, but um, I thought it was great because Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are like scratch golfers. They're like two or three handicapped. Yeah. They looked horrible. Yeah, they suck compared to pros, exactly. Horrible, yeah. horrible. <laughs> I mean, it was bad, 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 bad golf. And, um, I mean, oh, I mean, it was good golf for Tiger and Phil, and, and but it was – bad for tom brady until he made that shot from the fairway on uh, like on the whole seven where he was just playing horrible and then he just makes it from like a like 150 yards away oh, of course so you know of that course. is him coming through in the clutch right in so the clutch. yeah which he's gonna but, do uh, for the tampa bay buccaneers of course and, and it was also kind of fun to watch tiger woods who's always kind of locked in and kind of fierce and kind of head down and not smiling he was smiling and cracking jokes he was in there trying to find the ball for peyton manning it was that is kind of how I play golf, constantly, yeah. constantly losing balls and finding balls. So. Yeah, we're gonna have to go play sometime. I don't, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain I suck more than you do. But okay, we'll, we will have to get a cart, yeah, and we oh, will have to sure. check out, and we will have to have a cooler. So there you go. Yeah, that's the way to play. Yes, um, is, I am a recreational golfer. I learned a long time ago. I'm for those that have been around me. I'm a fairly, I don't know, competitive guy. Okay. Hmm. You don't say. But, and I used to, whenever I, I was younger, and this probably is not going to surprise kind of many, that I used to throw clubs and get mad and scream and yell. Finally, I realized, wait a minute, I don't play golf enough to get mad. Why am hmm. I getting mad? This doesn't make sense. And because there's people that put in a lot, a lot more time and effort, and they were still bad at golf. So <laughs> it's true. Um, I mean, I mean, I've, my, I might have broken a hundred about three or four times in my life. Oh so, yeah, if, yeah, so, if that. So, for me. And I go out and like if I give one or two good shots, that is definitely worth it. It's more about the kind of hanging out with the buddies and kind of having fun. So I've I've had I've been to some pretty incredible courses. That's the one thing that I have going for me. But my the quality of my game actually just really stinks. But we'll we'll have to figure that out. Um and uh you know compare our my now my clubs are ancient. They're from '94 or something like that. I, I guess that's a that's not terribly unusual. But it seems like if you're a good golfer, you get new clubs. But anyway, we'll. We'll it, seemed, it seems like it's been since 94, since the last time I played. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. But um, I also did watch the Lance Armstrong documentary, that at least part one. So your homework between now and next week, James, is to yeah. watch part one. And part two is this upcoming Sunday. And then we can, t- and then we can have a good conversation about Lance Armstrong uh, next week. Lance was my neighbor. He moved, but he was close, close to our house. Yeah. You're just very, telling that that is a nice, nice address house. that you a, have, James. So a very nice house he had. Even nicer than my house. I have a very, quite a nice house. Okay. Yeah, he has a mixed, obviously, reputation here in Austin. And um, and I haven't seen that documentary, but there's another one that's been around on Netflix for a couple of years, and it is brutal. Yeah, brutal. Yeah. It was, and I know that the, there's – we even had this debate about, um, you know – how is it that we're going to f- feel about his cheating 
in relation to the fact that he has done a lot of fundraising and his uh, his uh, charity has doled out millions of dollars and so on. But but what differs for me and and he cheated them in a, during a time and probably still is when people are still cheating and in, in cycling altogether. But the manner in which he did it, according to the documentary that, that I saw, and we'll uh, I'll follow up with the one that you were talking about, was just brutal. The way that he treated people, according to that documentary, was absolutely horrendous. So we can talk more to. about that next week. So perfect. we'll do that. I'll I'll go do my homework. Absolutely. All right. Um, so uh, anything else before we move on to the best of Texas? No, it's all good. I am looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. The top programs in Texas. Okay, so we'll be right back after that, and we'll talk about our new round of Best of Texas. Right about now, you might be expecting some song and dance about a product you don't need. Well, shush, we don't advertise here, and we want to keep it that way. So we sure would appreciate your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash donate so we can keep covering the sport we love in the great state of Texas. Hi, this is Natalie Benson, and you are listening to a podcast about water polo in Texas. James and Joe back with you on the uh, TX Waterpolo podcast, but we're talking about our new Best of Texas competition. The, the last one we had was so successful, we had you know literally thousands of votes for that, and it came out with our, our Baytown Sterling 07 sweep. But we've been talking for some time about not so much teams. Teams are pretty easy in some sense to rate, you know, or to put in a bracket. That makes sense. We did... We decided to put a little mini bracket together, not of teams, but of programs, of programs. So that means boys and girls, although we've separated them, you're right, boys and girls, but uh, but programs in general. Like, and we can go over these matchups here in a second, but uh, but that's the idea is is that we attempted to split the programs regionally so that they would it's almost like uh, the final four, like we're talking about, or. Um, and uh, and then just put put these big programs up against one another in in a vote that you everybody can participate in, and then we'll come up with a new winner. Yeah, so we did um, eight boys programs and eight girls programs, and we had four from the Houston area, and then we had four like kind of non-Houston region teams. So um, and then each or everybody's gonna get to vote, and we kind of looked at it as state championships and state championship game appearances. So to give you an example, like the Cypress High School, like the Cypress Creek High School girls, they had 12 championship game appearances with seven championships and five runner-ups. Yeah. You know, so and and then we listed the first championship and the and the first appearance, the last championship, because there's some teams here like the, like the Clear Lake girls, they won their first championship in 1978. Yeah, incredible. La- and then their last championship happened in 2009. Right. So like they were around forever. And then, like, you know, the Sterling was from 1992 to 2014, and they won nine championships in that small amount of time. You know, so, you know, and then, like, the fun part was trying to was trying to come up with, the like, the, like the four big strong boys teams and four big strong girls teams that were not from Houston. Right, the programs, right. Yeah, 
Um, and th that is what we're asking everybody to pay attention to, which is that, again, it's super easy to focus on, let's just say, one team from one year. Like, but, well, man, they're the best. Therefore, that's the best program is we're going to share all that information about how many cha championship game appearances, how many in a row, in what span of time, how many runner up appearances, when was their first championship, when was their last championship and and. Do take all of that into account when you're looking at these programs because it's very easy to be a fan of your team, and that's fine, but that, that's something that we, we really want to emphasize. And before we get to kind of going over the matchups, you know, we did have to leave out a couple programs, you know, on both the boys' and girls' side. I mean, right. in the Houston regions, we did leave out Humble High School boys and girls. So sorry, all the, all the old Humble Wildcats. You know, um, there were three championships on both sides for boys and girls, but they just didn't kind of match up with the with the top four boys and girls teams. Yeah. And then we also team. had a yeah, and then we asked we also left out the Jesuit and the and the St. Agnes girls who had strong teams all the way throughout the years, but you know it's just like it's yeah it's just simply like the number of championships, the number right. of championship game appearances yeah. over time. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough decision for some of that, but uh, you know, there are the teams that really, or the programs that really stood out, and so here we have them. You want to let's let's go through them. So the, first. yeah, 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 the first of the girls matchups is the um, and these are from the Houston region. So it's Baytown Sterling versus Clear Creek, and again, these are programs. So the girls Baytown Sterling program versus the girls Clear Creek program. Yeah, so Baytown Sterling, they had 13 championship game appearances, nine championships, and four runner-ups. Ton of championships. That's the most championships of any team out there. Uh, and yeah, and they did great. Uh, the Clear Creek High School girls, they had six championship game appearances, which yeah, with six championships and zero runner-ups. So they were six and zero in championships. Yeah, which amazing. Is pretty amazing. So, um, yeah, it's, that's the two strong teams. I mean, they are probably what 10, 10, 20 minutes apart. Ed, really? I didn't know that. So, I mean, yeah, Baytown's on the east side of Houston and Clear Creek is in the southeast part of Houston. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, they've both been around for a long, long time. You know, the Clear Creek girls, they won their first one in 1972. It's amazing. And then their last one in 2012. Yeah, that's great. That so, is, that is a perfect encapsulation of the that state. That is a long, long time. But that's yeah. going to be a great matchup right there. So. A great matchup. Next one is uh, Cy Creek. Versus Clear Lake. Again, Houston Region Girls Programs. Yeah, this is going to be a very interesting uh, kind of matchup here because uh, the Cypress Creek Girls, they had 12 championship game appearances with seven championships and five, uh, yeah, five runner-up finishes. So 12 total. While the Clear Lake team had 17 championship game appearances. But they only had five championships and 12 uh, runner-ups. So, so it's going to be, are, are you going to give more points to the championships or the overall uh, number of, of kind of championship game appearances? And people are, are going to be able to vote how, like, kind of how they want to vote. So Yeah, the, the Cy, Cy Creeks, their first one was in 98, their first championship. And then the last yeah. is in 2017. And then if you go down and you look at Clear Lake, who, as you said, 17 appearances, but only, only quote-unquote, five championships – first in 1978 so 78 to 2013 is their range it's uh, uh yeah i don't even know how i would vote in that one yeah people are, are going to get a chance to it's yeah it's yeah it's going to be fun so that's 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 going to be a big big kind of matchup there in the first half and then and then we go to our non-houston region girls so in the first matchup we have marshall high school from the 80s versus south lake carroll high school from the 2010s right 
four-time champions, uh, nine championship game appearances, four-time champions, and five-time runners-up are are Marshall, and all of them between 1980 and 1992. Um, Carol is a team that I think a lot of our listeners will be familiar with just more recently. One championship, three runners-up, and uh, and their range between 2015 and 2019. Yeah, so kind of kind of one of the reasons that that we wanted to do the whole top programs was to kind of show off kind of some of those stud teams like Clear Creek Girls from the 1970s or even like the Marshall and Clark Girls from the 1980s. Right. They they may like like uh they may not have been um dominant for like 20 years, but they were dominant in a short time period. Right. They like like they were in the championship game 9 years out of 12. So. And we're we're going to see that in the next matchup, too, because uh, we have the Alamo Heights girls, four-time champions, versus Clark, nine-time champions. And the thing that stands out to me about Clark is, again, first in 83, last in 87, just boom, just tore it up for the 80s. Yeah, so they um, – so – it's one of those things where, uh, like, Clark had four championships and five runner-ups, so they played in the championship game for nine straight years. Yeah. Nine straight years. I don't think that's ever been done. So um, that was amazing. And then Alma Heights was that first San Antonio team that really kind of kicked off that decade of the 80s, and they won in 1979, and then they had three other runner-up finishes. But, yeah, I mean, that's – that's going to be a tough matchup, but I mean, it's Clark and Marshall are the two top seats there for the non-Houston region. So it's going to be kind of fun to see who votes where. Very much so. And you know, what's cool is Alamo Heights is coming back as we know, like they're, they are, uh, they've been a little dormant for a little while, but they are coming back this coming spring. Um, and then in full force next fall is uh, what I've heard. So off to the boys. So Houston region, by the way, the, the, the non-Houston region is, to me, super interesting. I'm biased. I live in Austin, so therefore the West region is of, of real interest to me. But the the you know those Houston teams who are so dominant for so long are, are deserve all the credit that they get. But it's really interesting and um, yeah, gratifying to see that there are these teams that from out from outside the area that also get some love. So well, the Houston um, teams definitely dominated for years and years. I mean, right. Just look at the number of championship game appearances here. They kind of dwarf the people outside of, of the non-Houston, but I mean, there's been a lot of success. They put a lot of time and effort over the course of, of a number of years. So it's, so it's going to be fun to, to see these kind of like the boys matchups too. Yeah. Um, boys matchup one Houston region is clear Lake versus clear Creek. Um, yeah, go ahead, go over them because those are some pretty really strong programs. Clear Lake High School, they had 17 total championship game appearances. 17. That's a ton. And they had 10 championships. 10. And that's, I think, the only team, boys or girls, that got into double digits. And then they had seven, seven runner-up finishes. Then they're going to go against their districts, which I talk about, you know, kind of Clear Creek and, yeah, and Baytown being five, ten minutes away. Like, you know, Clear Lake and Clear Creek are right down the street from each other. So these guys play all the time. They're in the same school district. And Clear Creek had 10 championship game appearances, four championships, and six runner-ups. It's a ton. It's a ton. I mean, right. like, there is clear over the entire little kind of, like, the history of Tisca Waterfall. And then for matchup number two in the in the Houston region, it is, is the, it's the Cy Creek. It's the Cypress Creek High School boys with nine championship game appearances with three championships and six runner-up finishes. First, Baytown Sterling High School boys with 11 championship game appearances with seven championships and four runner-up finishes. So, yeah, it is, I mean, it is going to be 
it's going to see who like who's to come out and vote. It's going to be a, a lot of fun. So. Yeah, Sterling has. I mean, their first championship was in '86, mm-hmm. um, and the last was in 2010. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it it brings up two things. One is that you know they had this run, which was pretty incredible. And boy, I hope they come back. You know, it's a it will kind of miss them. You know, as far as the, some of the the great teams in the state. But I think well, that might be happening. Yeah, we'll look up to Clear Creek. They won in 1976. Then their last appearance in a in a state championship was 2014. Right, exactly. Oh so, man. yeah, I mean that's what 40 years. 40 or years. 40 plus years. That's yeah, that's that's a ton. That's a ton of, of consistency. So. Yeah. Well, and, that, of, and, that, and, and that and that's what it's about though, right? That's about the consistency of the programs. Yes. This is this is this is what we're doing. Top programs now, not necessarily right. the in, like the individual teams, but top programs. So. Yeah, and that's that leads into the, our first non-Houston region, which is uh, St. Mark's um, versus Alamo Heights. Yeah, you know, we just talked about the 40 years. We have a 45-year difference here right. for St. Mark's. There, yeah, like so they've had 10 championship game appearances with eight championships and two runner-ups, with their first championship in 1975 and their last championship in 2019. It's a ton. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is, that is, that is a ton. So, and that's just, that's just a hallmark to kind of Houston Hall and his coaches and teammates back then. And then from what Mihai came in in the mid nineties and just slowly built there. So, yeah. And there's a, obviously speculation that they would have won again this year. They were the unanimous top ranked team at the end of our abbreviated season uh, in the TX water polo poll. Yeah, and Alma Heights was no slouch either. So they're going up against Alma Heights, who who had six uh, championship game appearances themselves, with two championships and four runner-up finishes. Late 70s, yeah, and up until 85. Um, and again, I'm very much looking forward to them getting back into the fold here. Yeah. And uh, and uh, interesting little side note is they actually shared a championship back in 1977. Oh, yeah. uh, it was St. Mark's, Alma Heights, and I think Clear Creek that all tied for first place. How did that work? Do you remember? No, I was not around then. Thank you very much. Really? Um, I was only four, and I wasn't quite playing yet. But um, refereeing. Okay. But I believe that the way that it just worked out, they had a round robin, and they all Uh, tied, and they all had the same goal differential. How unsatisfying is that? And then they didn't have time to go play another game because they were being kicked out of the pool. (laughs) Yeah, times have changed. Yeah, (laughs) that ain't gonna happen. I don't think so. I think uh, no, not 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 with UIL, but it's it still could happen next. uh, It could still happen next spring. Theoretically, it could. Yeah, that's true. Um, All right, a final non-Houston region game is Marshall versus Clark. It's a classic San Antonio matchup. Yeah, this was a uh, this was again kind of the two like teams that went head to head year after year after year in Marshall High School. So they had six championship game appearances with one championship and five runner-up finishes. Um, and then Clark High School had five championships with or or I'm sorry five five championship game appearances with yeah with with four championships and one runner-up. So yeah, amazing. Um, again, Clark played in the state championship game. What? What uh, they won four in a row. Then they won. Then they were in the state championship game five out of six years. And uh, last year is when they was when Marshall kind of kind of pulled through and beat them in 1987. And right. then Marshall themselves then lost three in a row as well. <laughs> and that and that was when it like the tide turned right there from the San Antonio to the Houston teams. So. Right. Okay, that is the first round of the lineup. The polls are going to be open. We'll say Wednesday. Um, 
possibly Thursday, but they'll stay open as they have until Tuesday afternoon before we record this podcast. So pass the word keep, and get as many people to vote as possible. Keep your eyes open for that. Absolutely right. Um, we're going to take another short break and then we'll come back with excerpts of Joe's conversation with the very charming Lena Skinner. Hey, this is Mark Lawrence from Austin College, head coach of the men's and women's Warflow programs and home of our kangaroos. When I'm interested in uh, what's going on with Texas Warflow, I always listen to TX Warflow podcast. Uh, today, we are here with Lena Skinner. She is the parent extraordinaire and famous for doing all the hospitality for Thunder. She has two boys, uh, Brett and Kyle. Brett is currently up at Austin College. Kyle just graduated from Flower Mountain High School and is going to Austin College this upcoming fall. Lena, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Joe. So how is how are you and your family doing during the whole COVID-19? Oh, we're doing fine. I'm just glad I don't have to homeschool. The boys are on autopilot. They're done. Um, I was flying up until the end of March. Staying home now for May and June. I'll go back to overseas travel in July. And by oh yeah, that, I mean, that, yeah. Was that a was that a, was that a little strange? Still kind of working, kind of on a plane in the middle of the pandemic. It was. I worked a whole lot in um, March, and it, everything just started unraveling in March. And the flights were canceling. People were starting to understand the significance of this event. I got stranded in Japan for a little while. They canceled our flight <laughs> going back home. So, but it all worked out in the end. It was fine. It, it, it worked out well. And I think it's going to come back very quickly. I do. All right. I hope. All right. Um, you're the first parent on our podcast. Are you excited about it? Oh, I am. And I'm actually a little nervous. I haven't been nervous in a very long time, Joe. Okay. You know, like, so I have to give a shout out to Angela kind of Uno who suggested that I bring you on. Um, so no, yeah, so no pressure. Um, do you want like, do you want to say hi to, to kind of, Oh, I have to give a shout out to my Austin college parents. I am so looking forward to getting back and watching our boys play and watching the girls play too. Cause I know the Austin college girls missed out on their season and we were really looking forward. All the boys parents were going to come watch the girls play their first home game and all my thunder parents that we haven't seen. And of course, you know, the flower mound high school team that wasn't able to finish their season and the rest of the senior boys from the other schools, Denton flower mound, um, we're just, we're really sad that they didn't get to finish their season, but it's all good. We're all, I think we're good. all looking forward to seeing each other back in the pool deck as soon as yeah. possible. So I want to make sure you're not holding back today. Okay. So, yeah. so don't hold back. We're okay. PG 13 rated. So, so just kind of remember that. All right. Um, so now did you follow the best of Texas? I did. At first I didn't understand what it was all about. But then um, I really understood, and then you gave, I listened to the podcast where you gave a lot of background information on some of the former teams, and I really started to understand. I didn't realize it had such a long history. Yeah. Yes, I was very impressed with that. Well, I thought is... I'd been around a long time, but I realized it had been around even longer than that. 
so we had a whole high school season planned about this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it. So we had to come up with something to talk about in like in April and May here. So. Right. Because in the beginning, all the nominations and the kids were getting so excited about Texas water polo, about how to nominate their um, teammates and the coaches polls. The kids were getting really revved up about that on Texas water polo. We will continue it next spring. And then of course, you know, for fall of 2021 as well, but in the, but in the best of Texas, Flower Mountain High School boys, which you had your boys on, yeah. how did that go? I mean, yeah, were the kids excited about that? And they won the first round game. Yes, they did. They started texting each other so that they could vote because they were starting <laughs> to understand the significance of it. I think I was the one that actually told Brett, but I know Kyle fi- follows it on Twitter and follows everything. He gets notifications for all of that. I mean, he's a little intense about all those stats things. So he, yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Well, I mean, they didn't make it past the second round, but that's okay. Um, I mean, I think the North Texas teams were well represented and such. But now just talking about the different kind of kind of North Texas teams, there is talk about getting back in the pool here soon. Just a mother of two boys. How do you feel about the return to the pool and, and the return to practice? Oh, I'm fine with that. Just dunk them in the water, douse them with a little chlorine. They'll be fine. Oh, I mean, come on. There are, yeah, but you don't have any concerns or whatever, so. No, I okay. don't. Not me personally. No, no, no. Yeah, I think I think most parents kind of are aligned with you where they just want to get their kids out of the house, so. All right, I'm on Brett's computer, and of course, somebody is calling. I have no idea what to do. Make sure this works, okay. So now, how did your boys get started? Oh, the boys got started most of the kids here in North Texas they were all swimming they were on summer swim team they loved it it was fun they really didn't have an interest to go to year-round swimming but they started to just not enjoy swimming they didn't enjoy the practice they enjoyed the competition but they did not enjoy practicing at all especially Kyle so they just were their interest was tapering off and I wanted to keep them in the pool I wanted to keep them active. One of their swim instructors mentioned that they had a good natural egg beater kick and said that suggested you should try you should introduce them in a water polo. I don't even know if I even heard of water polo at that point. But, you know, he said you should introduce them to it. They have a natural affinity for it. A good a good egg beater. I don't even know what an egg beater kick was. So I just started asking around and I heard that you had a practice at that old Louisville Manatorium. Your name came up from one of the swim moms over at Flower Mound High School because Flower Mound High School had a water polo team at that time. And I took both boys and just showed up. And that (laughs) that was very interesting. You kind of looked them over and Brett was very interested. And I remember you looked over, we debate about this all the time, but you looked over at Kyle and you said, he's kind of little. And so I didn't put Kyle on the team that year. I just put Brett, but unbeknownst to everyone, Kyle was actually a better swimmer at that time than Brett was. And all right. Can- so now here, I'm going to interject here. I do disagree oh, with you on that because Brett was what? So Brett was 12 years old. I only remember you and Brett coming on the pool deck and there was no Kyle that first time. And you did not want to bring Kyle out that first summer, which was fine. I understand because you said that he was too little. 
And so we are going to agree to disagree on that. We're going to debate about that because <laughs> you just did that little once over because I didn't want to be the pushy parent. You know, not then. You know, I was still, you know, on my first date manners. Like, okay, <laughs> I am going to just be the polite parent and go with it. And that whole entire season, Kyle sat in the stands just completely envious. And even took him to NJOs that year, Brett did, and Kyle was still sitting in the stands, and that kid was ready to jump in the water at any point in time. Yeah, well, see, my whole thing is I would never tell a kid, a parent, that they can't that they're too little to play. That's why I know that I never said that. High school practice. That's okay. That's okay. Those kids were big. This was back in the day where we were taking anybody and everybody as long as they could swim at 25. So, yeah, they could swim. Yeah. So, but, but it was I, but fun. I loved it from the very get go. I do remember that. Um, I think you started coming out in the middle of June. And then I said, Oh, by the way, we have this tournament at the end of the summer in California. Do you want to go? And you're like, Yeah. I'm like, what? After after one practice, you want to go? Awesome. So because I go, I am the best going, salesman ever. So yeah, they were already going out. To, we were already going to California for the TAF um, national championships. And they were right in the same area. Mm-hmm. And the water polo was right after the swim. And my flight benefits do come in handy, you know, to be able to travel at the last minute and make switches. So it actually was a win-win. I was like, oh, sure. I have to throw in here. I have every single one of your emails still. The initial email. The you have a big old email. file folder right there. Yes. I have Joe Linehan, but I might have to get a USB just to store your emails. But I never did clean out that file. And I did. I went back and I was like, wow, I started receiving emails from him in May of 2011. That's just unreal. That's a, almost a 10-year email relationship. <laughs> it's going to be a longer relationship too. But now I do remember Kyle's first practice though, because after we came back from JOs, I think we started having like some younger kid practices up in flower mound and you brought him out for his first practice. And I will never forget this because I tell people this story all the time and um, where he's out on the pool deck and you start putting on a latex cap on him. You, yeah. And yeah. And yeah. And you start putting on a latex cap on him, And I'm like, Lena, what are you doing? And, uh, and then I, and then, and then your response was simply, I don't want him to miss up his pretty hair. And I'm like, all right, so let's make sure, let's think about this for a second. All right. Nobody in water polo boys wears a latex cap. And then you're like, why not? And I'm like, because the other boys are going to make fun of him. So you don't want him to start off on, on the wrong foot. And then you, and then you took it off and you just gave me that look of, Fine. <laughs> Whatever. You know, mess up his pretty hair. There you go. <laughs> I know he was excited. And, and they have both loved water polo from that first introduction. There was no going back. None whatsoever. They've loved it every second since. So, like, um, any good uh, fun stories from your boys playing that kind of stick out a little bit? They really remember and they, they, when they reminisce now, they love all those younger games. They love, they love tags. They loved playing when we would go play in the UT swim pool, the swim um, center. They loved playing with each other. They loved playing against each other. 
It was really, um, it was really fun to watch them do both. Kyle really loved playing goalie that one year for the girls team in eighth grade tags. He had a lot of fun. I think he was a little bit younger, right? He was a little bit younger than the other ones. Younger, yeah. He was younger. I think he was in seventh, sixth or seventh grade, but he played for the girls' team. I don't know what happened or how that transpired, but because it really wasn't his team and there was no pressure and he was goalie, he had a lot of fun with that. He really did. I think they really enjoyed in their younger years playing with the girls. I thought that was a great aspect of the sport. To see boys and girls playing together competitively, you know, it it just was a great introduction to athletics for them, that boys and girls. I mean, because Kyle Kyle and Sophia, they they could fight each other in the pool. That was really fun to watch when they were younger. They enjoyed all fought each other. I was actually, I always liked watching Brett and Kyle because Kyle would always go hard against Brett and Brett would just have, cause Brett's kind of like a cool customer a little bit. And he just is, he's a smooth left-handed player and he just kind of like is swatting away his little brother. Like, like, yeah, like, kind of like the annoying gnat and stuff like this and with a big eye roll and a sigh. So, and he takes after his mother that way. So there you oh, go. It was funny. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, Kyle gets all his athleticism from his mother just in case. Okay. 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 <laughs> Okay. Now, I mean, like, it was it was always nice for them to go out to JOs and play and stuff like that. Um, and I don't think you ever missed a trip. I think no. you went to most of the trips, right? This would have been the tenth one this year. Really? And Kyle, yes. And Kyle played in the one year they played. The boys played in two because it was ten and under, so they played twelve and under boys. And then we stayed the extra week because Kyle played ten and under also. So they still have all their little bag tags from all their JOs. And once the Thunder started making our t-shirts, we definitely were the cool t-shirt team and the cool gear team. We looked really good out there once we started making our own t-shirts and had our cool Thunder gear. And everybody was wearing the same color t-shirt each day. That was a great, great plan. Yeah, we really enjoyed that. We looked good and people asked about us. And I remember how many people were shocked to find out that um, we traveled from Texas by airplane. Did you flew? You flew here just just for children's sports? And I remember one parent kind of sarcastically interjecting, "Of course, they're from Texas. That's what they do in Texas. They travel for their kids' sports." Okay, that's that's kind of harsh in a kind of a way, a little bit. It was. It wasn't mean, but I it, it made me realize that's what a lot of Texas parents really do do. We do invest a lot of time and money into sports because mm-hmm. we just enjoy it. Yeah, yeah just yeah. I mean, plus, plus you're in Texas, so kind of kind of traveling to the East Coast or West Coast isn't like a five hour trip or something like that. It's only like a two and a half hour here or two hour there. So right, and it can be very economical too because we are in Dallas, Fort Worth. So it's it, you know, and things are not as expensive as on the East Coast and the West Coast. So, so what was your favorite trip that we went on? Like JOs or going to Annapolis or going to different stuff? Oh, loved the Annapolis trips. Loved it. I would say the boys' favorite trip was that first year in Northern California that Stanford hosted. Okay. Because they loved being on that Stanford campus. And I loved going to JOs. 
so the kids could see different colleges and different, just, it, just exposure, just exposure to the sport, just exposure to the facilities. Um, they both loved, it was a great opportunity for both of them to go to holiday camp, you know, and go swim in the Olympic pool the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. That was that was a huge opportunity for them. And they still remember that. They still have their little IDs because they thought it was magical that their IDs opened the sliding glass doors. Oh, I, I mean, I think that camp's great for her. So for, for all the people that are listening, I went to that camp as a kid. I went to that camp as a student coach. I, I went to camp as a staff coach. I, I went to camp as a, as a, as the camp director. It is, uh, it is one of the best things that USA water polo kind of has done over a uh, year after year after year. So if you get your athlete an, an opportunity to go to those, it's great. And now they actually have separate ones for boys and girls. So it's, uh, so, so it's, there's even more kids that get to kind of uh, participate. So. Yes, they do remember Kyle actually was pulled out of the pool one time because his lips were so blue. Because um, he's turning blue in that pool. Yeah, he didn't have a whole lot of body fat back in the day, did he? He was a tiny little kid. so It was a very cold pool. So he does recall, you know, they pulled him out a few times because he was turning blue and there were some icicles forming on his eyelashes. But, you know, he survived. And they have good memories of that. And they have good, it was a great opportunity to get involved in Thunder at the time that we did. So I'm I mean, very appreciative of that. So like, you got involved right whenever we were transitioning from Dallas Water Polo Club, where everybody played on one club in North Texas, to to a separate Thunder Water Polo Club, and there was a separate North Dallas, there was a separate Rockwell and such. And I think I asked you to be part of that first little group of parents that kind of led it and were on the board. Um, kind of tell me about that kind of a little bit from, you know, just, yeah, just me asking you and just kind of being part of that and kind of and kind of seeing the whole like the board grow, the team grow and such. It was a good opportunity from a parent side because you were actually running everything, all the emails, all the setup, all the takedown. And, you know, you were a little power, you know, a little territorial then, back then, you know, we, you always had to have, you know, your say in everything. We couldn't do anything. And you kind of gave the parents a little bit of room to make decisions, a little bit of room. I remember I begged you to even pick the hotels for NJOs. Because, you know, parents, we were getting tired of paying $25 a day for parking and, you know, $10 for a cup of coffee in the hotel. So we had to, we had to get a little bit of input in what was going to happen. So you were really, of course, I mean, I slowly, I mean, the whole, like like the whole purpose was to just kind of have its own separate kind of organization and then slowly get the parents on board. And then as I felt comfortable, and the other coaches kind of felt comfortable to start giving stuff away. But I have to truly admit, the best thing that I ever did, the best thing that I ever did Uh-oh. was not doing hospitality anymore. <laughs> All right, I have to admit. So um, now you kind of took over hospitality. That was kind of like your kind of bread and butter thing kind of, kind of back in the day. And you kind of set the tone and – the bar for the hospitality to the point wherever I think everybody was coming to the different events. They're like, Oh my God, we have to do this now. And Hey, you know what? That was, it was much better than my uh, Domino's and Nutter Butters and Mountain Dew and Dr. Pepper. You definitely set the bar and everybody that, that, yeah, that can, that, yeah, that has come to a Thunder event since then 
they've loved it and it just brought everybody up throughout the state your hospitality so congrats. Yeah, that's very nice of you to say but i enjoyed it and i think the parents enjoyed doing it we enjoyed doing it all together we wanted to represent the team well we wanted to represent the sport well i think we carried it over to high school you know the high school teams we wanted to we wanted to make the sport look good. We wanted to make the team look good. We wanted to make the high schools and we wanted to make Texas look good. When other teams came in from other states, other countries, we wanted to rep it well. We did. And we took it seriously. And I think we did a good job. And I, hope and, and I think that first big kind of event that you did like was the state tournament in 2013 that was down in uh, at South Lake Carroll. And you were in charge yeah. of the hospitality and you were saying something kind of, kind of before we got on this about the level of play, the other teams that, that was your first kind of like, right. Like My first kind of viewing the high school scene. Our boys weren't even, uh, the Thunder boys weren't, Brett and Kyle weren't even in high school then they were still in middle school, but Thunder was supporting South Lake Carroll with that event hosting the high school state championship. And I was just amazed. I was amazed at how enthusiastic everyone was, the decorations, the buttons, the ribbons, the buses were decorated. It was just huge and it was so much fun. It was, it was a great sport to be part of. I loved how the parents were really supportive and enthusiastic and they were just committed to this sport and I and the kids the kids were fun to be around they were the games moved fast it was a great environment it was just fun to watch and my husband got hooked on this sport and my husband didn't know anything about water polo whatsoever and now Chris could just sit there and watch water polo all day long and a lot of times we stay at tournaments and we don't even have, our kids didn't even play anymore because he wanted to see how the tournament was going to end, who was going to win, especially last year at the high school state championships when Foster, their boys and their girls both went to the final championship. We stayed to watch both games late because my husband, Chris, had to see, well, I wanted to, but he wasn't going to leave until he <laughs> saw those games play out because he knew how competitive the kids were and he follows a lot of the kids. He knows how well they play. Not just, I think that's great that we always supported other kids too in the sport and we were aware of who played. I mean, I, I'll say this, but he, he loved watching Zach Lowry play back in the day in high school. You know, Zach was a dominant player, good player, and he was just fun to watch. So yeah. it's been fun also to watch all these kids that we've known play in college and one of the fun things to watch Brett play in college is watching all the other kids that we know and we're, we see them in college and we see them thriving and doing well in this sport and in college academically and athletically so that's been fun to watch too I'm looking forward to watching that in the future yeah and then I mean and like you talked about, your boys didn't get to play in that 2013 state championship because they weren't in high school yet. But then they did get to play in the Champions Cup that that uh, that Thunder hosted in 2014 and 2015. And that was like a little bit even a step up from the state championship. And you were on the pool deck and you got to kind of like talk to all the coaches and parents from all over. So that was definitely a, a little bit different, right? It was a lot of fun and I, we loved the interaction with them and we loved, you know, I loved learning about the game through the interaction with the coaches, with the interaction with the refs. I loved working the table at some of our local tournaments, working a table. I would advise any parent 
who has an opportunity to work a table at just a local tournament and practice, you will learn so much about the game. And then, you know, it you'll be a positive supporter of the game, maybe from the stands once you see what's going on down on the deck. I remember now Brett talking about refing, about how much he's learned about the game just from being a ref alone and not a player. He understands the dynamics that are going on on the deck and on the pool, refing, playing, coaching. It's very interesting when you can see the game through another perspective. I, 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 I do have to admit kind of, kind of one of the, like the fun, cool things that you did was you had the charging station where you had a different, <laughs> a different little plug-in for every possible cell phone in the, uh, in the hospitality room. And obviously, and obviously you also had like the table skirts and everything. So it was great. And, um, and, and everything was donated and you organized it all. And that was great. And then the, and then those first early events, like the state championship, the, like the championship, it all prepared you for the 2016 intercontinental cup where the teams came from all over the world. And you were freaking out about, okay, this is the menu and this is that. So are they going to be able to eat this? So tell me a a little bit about that. I remember when we talked about it at a board meeting and you said there was a good possibility that Dallas would win this bid because Dallas was bidding against Hawaii and South America and huge cities in the world. And I, we were just a little intimidated and this is going to come to Dallas, you know, and it did, it ended up coming to Dallas teams from China, teams from South America, teams from Australia. It was a little intimidating, but we knew we could do it. I mean, the board, we talked about it. We knew it. And I, the menu had been playing in my head for a little while because I knew, you know, culturally we knew I, they all made fun of me because I wanted sparkling water, but I was like, we need sparkling water because, you know, Europeans and South Americans like sparkling water. And we knew that this was going to be during Lent. I'm like, we need to have fish on Friday. And yeah, yeah. I, I get it. it. I get it. I get it. And and by the way, I think I had one conversation with you and I said, do just do whatever you want. I have other things to do. I know. So. It was one of the few times <laughs> I got, I felt like I was getting the Amex black card from you. <laughs> like I didn't have to get a permission slip slot signed or anything. You were just going to let me do what I wanted, which was like a first. You know, because usually I had to, we had to run everything by and get the Joe Linehan stamp of approval on every decision. But this time I was like, ooh, yes. But we were excited about it. The whole board was. We wanted to make Thunder look good. We wanted to make the WAC look good. You know, the Aquatic Center. We wanted to make Texas look good. Yeah, and I mean, and I and I still talk to people that came to both the Champions Cup and the and the and the Intercontinental Cup, and they still talk about the hospitality. Of course, that all led to the chocolate fountain that you had at the 2017 state championship, which I think everybody still talks about. Chocolate fountain. For those that aren't that that are just listening. Uh, literally fruit and a chocolate fountain. So there you go. That was it was with yeah. and I would only break that I was gonna break that out for the tournament we were gonna have in the fall for Austin College. Unfortunately that one did get postponed. But that was gonna be chocolate fondue fountain worthy. So I was gonna break that out for that. Yes. The big teams were gonna come. So we're looking forward to hoping we can do that again and make Texas 
look good again. Yes, and water polo. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for all the help that yeah that you did back then. Now that you have Brett in college, how so? How has Brett's kind of experience been in college? From the coaching, the schoolwork, friends, etc. Oh, I can't say enough about Austin College. Everything, I mean, the school from everyone from the top, from President O'Day to his wife, Cece, they have flown out to games, to the athletic director, Dave Norman, to, to Julie, who keeps all our paperwork. I mean, I know I'm mentioning names, but that college is amazing, and I can't say enough about it, and Brett has absolutely thrived there academically, athletically, Coach Mark, his wife Casey, she came on a trip with us when we didn't have our um, coach because Austin took the position at MIT and we missed him, but we're happy to have Jeff. It's just, everyone's been amazing. And he, he he has thrived there and enjoyed it more than I thought he possibly could, yeah. Now, one question I've asked him, now, I'm going to ask you, is it far enough between Austin College and Flower Mound to where you don't come up and visit too often? No, I don't come up and visit. I wish it was in Oklahoma. I wish it was <laughs> another hour away. Why? Because the, does he come home too much? The first semester, he was a little sad a few times. I was surprised that he was. He was surprised that he was. I think most freshmen are a little more surprised at how sad that they can become at moments. So I wish he was a little farther away that little, that first semester because he didn't have a car. I did go up and get him a couple times. Ugh. That was Joe's conversation with Lana Skinner, an uh, entertaining one. She's a firecracker for sure. Yeah, firecracker, that's the way to put it. So, and but then we're going to have that full interview later this week too. So. Yeah, that's, uh, that's been our habit um, is to do excerpts and then uh, to put everything out uh, later. So yeah, you can listen to that. Um, but today we're done. So Thank you, Joe. As always, um, we've covered some territory. You know, whenever we start these shows, I always think like I don't even know what we're going to talk about because there's a there's a you know, there's kind of a dearth of water polo stuff going on, you know. But there's plenty to talk about every week. So thank you. Um, it's uh, it's yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Please don't forget about the town hall meetings every Tuesday night at 6:30 p.m. We have coaches to coaches on Tuesday and Thursdays at 12:30 p.m. Um, and I appreciate you putting all like all the stuff up at the TX Water Polo Podcast, James. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to start registering for those events, right, Joe? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. You know, Zoom is a is a dodgy platform. Yes, we got Zoom bombed earlier today. So the first time. Yeah, first one. First time. It's, just, so, it's a sign of progress. We consider yes, that stake. Yes. All right. Okay. Uh, thank you, Joe. Thank you to uh, Lena um, for joining us earlier today. Uh, yeah, today. And thank you for listening and telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast. Find us on TXWaterPolo.com and listen to us there. Find us on social media, leave comments, give to the cause, and stay up to date with what's going on in Texas Water Polo. So until next week, so long from Austin. Yeah, take care.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC. My dog is scratching at the door. Uh, I can hear him.